You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you insurgency me up, man. in their you lives. Fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Brother, let me tell you something. I've got something that I'm going to rip at you right now, Marcus, that's going to make you smile. And there's a reason it's going to make you smile, because it's going to take you back to a time and place where everything was right as rain. Are you ready? Absolutely. Are you ready? Absolutely. Up from a sub 60 feet below, scuba to the surface, now we're ready to go. K-bar grease gun by my side, these are the tools the commie dies by. Left, left, lefty, righty, left, brother. Two. (laughs) Zero, five. Twenty-eight. Was it tough to say two twenty eight because there's so many freaking roll? Yeah, JV had some rhythm. Did he? Oh yeah, yeah, he had some rhythm, so he could. And he had some pipes on him. Good lord, man! We'd come through the grinder, especially as you get when you get smaller into the phase. When you want to let everyone know you're rolling in, man, we could rattle it out. To my left, hey, to my left, hey, who ya, hey, who ya, hey, who ya, who ya, who ya. Did you do that for your class? No, it was uh, a guy. Really? Then they, they missed out. No, no, no. Have... I, I tried, but I don't have any rhythm, so I couldn't stick it on the beat. So <laughs> you we, just have amplitude. The dude who did it for our, well, wait a minute, one of my classes. I was in four classes. But the dude who did it for my Hell Week class was the best. I think his, just he was the commanding officer damn Nick proper recently. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, of course. His, his father's was went way up he's he's bad dude awesome at i mean and his fun and i've said this before like my favorite cadence hands down we did in the teams was a i n k y pinky is kinky and so am i and he busted that out one time when we were front of the hotel dell packed with people right and he busts that out bro shirts off and it got it just got hilarious, hilarious. He had one about his grandma. I forget what that one was. <laughs> he did one about some, some let's call her a lady of the night. They were hilarious. And it was funny, right after that, uh, Bud's got a call from Warcom Admiral because I, apparently, like, Someone had complained at the Hotel Dell about the stuff we were saying. <laughs> and Cadence got shut down in front of the hotel. Two zero eight. By the way. Ours was when we when we do fired up like out on the beach, yeah, in the pouring rain, bring us the cold, bring us the pain, and then the whole class rumbles a bit. I'm getting fired up, you know. And then, <laughs> as you go along, you, by the time you roll it in, it's fired up. Yeah, you got to get motivated to hit the zone at zero. 
We're in a damn morning. You, you totally do. Remember that shiver? That yeah. shiver? Oh, man. I bet you if a decon fired up around us right now, we'd all of us would get that chill down your spine. Wizard's doing it every morning right now. I, I decon it every morning. Oh, do you? Every no, morning. The, the, the high pressure. Oh, the, PT, oh, the, the, the pain? Six, oh. Uh, the 604. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Upper pipes mean. rattle up when you turn it on. You're going to start busting through. <laughs> I remember our uh, class before us, the out-of-service line over the decontamination handle it worked for a few weeks man before they one instructor was like what's wrong with this dish and it fired right, <laughs> it up, fired like, right oh, up oh damn uh, and then they're the, like all right boys makeup time yeah leaving decon to you tell you till you shriveled Die. up yeah. till you shriveled up my, my i hated the one by the ctt man that oh, was man. my yeah exactly that was my enemy man because you remember you show up there and those cold mornings and yeah, 4 a.m pull swim oh sweet baby jesus all right, so the reason we start like this, obviously, is because we got one of our own coming on today, gents. We do. And and this cat, man, you want to talk about energy? Well, I'll tell you what, you get in front of him, he will crush you with his energy, man. Crush everything. Crush everything with his energy. And that's what I love so much about Dom, man. You watch it on his videos, you watch it in his training, you watch it in his NRA stuff he does out there, man. Like, I, he's got these awesome videos right now where they actually went to, like, a convenience store and filmed, and, and like, a, a robbery, and, you know, Dom's pulling Cheetos off the shelf, and a dude comes in, and he goes to his draw, and then he starts, like, he's moving, he's shooting the dude as, you know, with Sim or whatever, but... Man, these videos are awesome. He's got one. He's got one in a movie theater where he's eating his pop guy, popcorn. And some guy comes in and drops his popcorn, pulls and starts, you know, just drilling the guy. And you're like, <laughs> this is all associated with, with Dynamis, right? Dynamis, his training yeah. company, right? And he is passionate about teaching people how to be secure, how to act out of engage. I cannot wait for him. To share with us some of his insights on training. Oh, Maybe yeah, like Ma- McNamara. Yeah, you learn. I mean, it's a good way of observation to see how what he was like when he was in. How squared away and, and how dynamic he was. Because you don't really know anything unless you could teach it to somebody. Right. <clears throat> and to, um, to have gotten out and put a career path together like that. That tells you all you need to know. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I, one of the cool things is... is, is you know when you when you when you file and you see these people now because I think we are in an age where a, a lot of us are able to take what we learned from the teams or from SF or from wherever and translate it into th- these businesses that are really out there to continue the mindset to continue the mentality the ideas behind what got us through training what got us, what kept us safe downrange you know you know, and I, and I think it's just really cool to watch people as they hone in on these ideas and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, well, you've been trained by the best. Then you get out. It's kind of one of the things when we get out too. We separate, and and I see how that's how you lose your focus because your entire focus is around the team, anyways, and it's over in a day. Right, and then <laughs> not to, even like to, half day. Right, and to watch our generation <laughs> get back out and start finding each other and put the team back together. Because if we can cover down on each other and be successful in the stuff that we do, come on, come on now, anything's possible. Oh, come Anything. On now. Mm-hmm. Well, Wizard, what do you got out there for us for uh, some background on Mister Rosso? Well, first of all, obviously he was a team guy. He did twelve years there. A good portion of that was over at uh, Team Six. 
He gets out. He was involved in combatives over there, from what I understand, quite a bit. He gets out and founds uh, Dynamis Alliance. He's the CEO founder of this. They're primarily uh, concerned with firearms training, different kinds of uh, combatives, and home, the names of the defense tactics. It's cool. It's <laughs> got a cool I mean, name. You, when you hear a name of a company these days, you tell, "Oh yeah, I can definitely tell you he was in right." Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they, they say they say our entire team is devoted to the research, development, training of modern tactics and equipment, providing you with the most effective solutions to protect freedom and defend against modern day threats. The other thing that they put out there a lot, I guess, it would be their slogan or their tagline is "Crush everything." And let me uh, let me just read a little bit here to describe that because it really speaks to I think give people a sense of of what his company's uh, mission statement is. It says crush everything. It's not just a thought in our minds during our morning cup of coffee. It's a mindset. It's a way of life. It's how we do everything at Dynamis. Time on Earth is precious. It passes quickly and can be taken away from us in an instant. Every day we wake up is another opportunity to crush life and give it one thousand percent. Freedom isn't free. It's our duty to honor and respect the sacrifices made by men and women who have sacrificed for us. They are no longer able to enjoy what we have, so it's up to us to crush everything for them. Let their lives and their stories live through us by attacking life with everything they've got. Live your life in a way that would make those we honor proud. Be accountable for your actions. Aim for a higher standard, inspiring those around you to become better warriors and patriots and crush everything you do. Are you ready? <laughs> dude, I'm going to kick through some doors, dude, Marcus. I'm sorry right now about breaking some shit in your house, dude, but I'm going through that wall now, over there, I dude. I stood up and threw this through that window. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thank those sheets God. are down. Thank God we don't have any shit, like a sledgehammer or anything Can in here right it. now. <laughs> <laughs> Take that guitar. Start yeah, just start smashing Charlie's guitar over there. Dude, sure that he, fires me up. Yeah. When you listen to that incredible, I mean, that fires me up. But that's who Dom is, man. He gets you fired up. You yep. got to go check out his videos. If you're, and, and listen, hey, welcome to the TNQ podcast. This one is going <laughs> to rock your world. I'm telling you, you want some knowledge, man, then what a great show for you to tune into. If this is your first time listening to the show, then stand by. We have a doozy for you, man. You are going to get hammered. You are going to get pummeled in a good way. To where you can begin developing your never quit mindset so you can start facing the combat of life and crushing everything with vigor and gusto and just kicking it in the teeth, man. Kicking it in the teeth. If you're coming back for more, bless your heart, man. You are our favorite people. You got a high tolerance for pain. (laughs) You are our favorite people because, man, we're, we're coming in on 4 million downloads, Marcus. It's, it's getting to the point where, man, we're giving you the ammunition to go get yourself into some different never quit moments. Well, well like ultimately, that. the one the one that brings you here is is one thing, and, you, and we help climb, you know, out of that one. But if you keep coming back, you keep <clears throat> keep hearing these these explanations of people who got into other situations that, that they crawled out of that you might want to get into. That's the unique thing about being human, man. And ultimately, though, it's not one of those deals where we give it to you and then it's in your brain, so you have it. And you don't need to go apply it or try it because. You know, here you need to. This is where the rubber meets the road. Amen. Um, but it definitely has given you some ammunition to, to to crawl out of a lot of different situations. On that note, yep. let's get this man on the show, Wizard. What do you think? Let's bring him on, dude. Hook up, hook up, shuffle to the door. 
All right. Marcus, you know what my favorite, favorite, favorite guest is on this show, don't you? One of our own. One of our own. The heartbeat of the Navy, right? Another frogman, another person who understands the power of the brotherhood, who understands the power of, of taking these core ideas, values, and belief systems and then taking them out and spreading them to the world in a positive way that makes a difference in people's lives. Bro, you just can't ask for anything better than that, dude. Yeah, it's, it's also the longer we're out and the more the guys roll, roll through, you, you actually see the... Uh the age of the guys that we got out with and how successful they are. And it's kind of, it's starting to pick up a, a wave, right? Every guy's they're realizing they, we had somebody on the other day, man, they're realizing that your skill sets aren't just what you apply in the military. That's just what, that's not just even part, close. Right. And when you get out and it's kind of, you see those guys, especially like Dom, we were the love in their eyes, the same admiration we had when we were trying to be seals and oh. we're getting our nuts stepped on. Like, this is great. No, it's not great. But yeah, it is. It, well, you can you can be reborn after being a, a Navy SEAL and, and following your path and finding something that you love just as much as that. That's that's what it's all about. Well, man. it's awesome. And what I truly love about Dom is when you watch or you follow him on Instagram or in all all of his videos on YouTube, man, he is passionate about what he does. He loves what he does. And he grinds. Bro, I've been trying. He's one of the guys in- who help you get through Hell Week. <laughs> yeah. totally. There's always the one guy in the, totally. in the class is like he's motivated. He's always in a good mood. And it's great, even for getting beat down. You have to have one, the battery, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, goddamn, I need uh, this dude. Where I, you at? And I gotta tell you, man, I've been working at least a year to try and get him on, but his schedule is so insane. So let's stop fucking around. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the show, Mr. Dom Rosso. What's up, brother? What's up, brothers? How's it going? It's awesome to be on. Dude. Yeah, thanks for doing that, man. It, now, obviously, coming on, we can't just jump right into it. You're, you're a man of, 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 of expertise on so many different things and so many different levels. You understand the value of the warm-up. Well, here on a Team Never Quit podcast, we've got ourselves a little warm-up. Now, with your background, and we mentioned something like the Mad Minute, you obviously go to a whole nother place of, of, it's a very violent minute, <laughs> right? Right. Um, to gain critical information <laughs> that, that will, can Do make change the name to violent minute. No, only with Dom, we could probably do that. No, but I like then, that. It's pretty good. I, I don't want to take that force. Like, he has that blade strike that he does on someone's head that I've seen on YouTube. All right, but this Mad Minute is all about fun. It's all about loosening up, developing that rapport, and uh, setting us up for a great show. So, Dom, are you ready for the Mad Minute, brother? Absolutely. You know, getting started with you guys, obviously, I get hit up all the time to do podcasts and uh it makes it really easy when you got your own guys from your own community. And it's just cool to be able to link up with bros and, and talk about the things we're passionate about. So, of course, I'm ready, bro. <laughs> That's oh, great. It's just us that, hanging out for a while. That's all right? is. Totally. Hopefully, we'll get something done. No, we, we're, dude, we will do. We, we always do, bro. Podcasters. All right, fire away, Marcus. All right, last thing you did in public, you were glad no one was looking. <laughs> oh, man, you guys pulled out. I knew you were going to pull some good ones out on this. <laughs> As long as Morgan didn't share any stories that we did in Buds, I think we'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. We're going to get them. We're going to text them right now. Yeah, sure. Right. I'm just waiting for that one. So let's see. Last thing I did in public that I'm, I'm glad nobody saw. Uh, 
digging through the archives here, probably uh, the last, probably second to last street fight that I was in, there was a there was a group of guys, and of course nothing got recorded. But you know, we always think about awareness. We always think about you know knowing our environment. And my dumbass knows better to get on the wall. And I was on the curb, so the second there was any interaction there. I got a little bit of stimulus and just tripped up on the curb right. and, I, and I ate shit and was on my ass. So that was, <laughs> I, it automatically went into AR mode. The second I hit, um, hit my ass, I was like, that's it. I, I know where I went wrong. I had to get my back against the wall and, and figure it out. But I definitely worked my way to get ahead of the power curve in that fight, you know, and it was just a, a ridiculous work up to that whole thing. You know, we tried to deescalate and avoid, but ended up in that situation. That was, that was pretty dumb on my part. And it was just being aware. So that, that was something I'm glad that didn't get, you know, put out in the airways. Look, look at Dom. He talks about awareness and he, he ate shit. <laughs> that would definitely be, that would hurt the brand a little bit. But. <laughs> Sidewall fights suck sometimes, hey man. That's man. why we especially get better. Get that, right? figure, that curve rolls you into a, into a ball right off the bat, especially when you're coming out trying to, when you, when you think everything's everything and that foot goes off that curve, all oh, it takes that little step, right? Then you go from yep. macho to, <laughs> yeah, macho, right? <laughs> Those are the things people don't account for when they're training in the gym on a mat. And we always talk about being aware of your environment. And it was, it was just a stupid shove, too. It wasn't anything, but it escalated to the point where a little bit of stimulus with you not paying attention to what's going on around you can turn into a bad situation. You know, Luckily, training, understood I was on my back get to my feet, you know, move. But that's just one thing, awareness, right? So that was, I always preach awareness, and that was something that uh, was important. Well, there you have it. Wizard, yeah, fire. All right, if you could possess someone else's body for a month completely anonymously, who would it be? No one knows that you have control of this person. Who would it be? Hmm. That's a great question. Great opportunity. I mean, why not go right to the top, right? I mean – to try out trump for a little bit <laughs> dude i don't know if you want to get up in that head man that might be a little <laughs> I, mean, I mean we're always trying to figure out solutions so just go right to the top you know i mean you're gonna have full full access and full understanding right away so i like it all right i like it all right Pat, how could you come down from that though that's a good one though good answer go ahead yeah yeah all right next question are you superstitious and when throughout your career did you possess the uh, something very superstitious that had to be with you on every op or everything you've ever done? Just that good luck charm that was always with you. What was it? Yeah, that's that's good because I don't necessarily think of myself as a superstitious person. But when you're going on ops, there's all those things that kind of you know come into play. You're like, this just makes this just anchors me into a mindset. The second that I put it on, or the second that I feel it. You know, it's like triggering your mind to be more aware or be ready to fight or whatever it is. So so more than superstition, I think for me it was triggers. You know, triggering my mind to, you know, when you go to put your hand on a gun, right? You're not just going from one environment to the next. you got to think about who's around me. Where am I pointing this thing? Is it loaded? What's the condition? The first thing that I can really grab onto is my first deployment in, in, uh, at Team 2. I was the, the 50 gunner in the first truck. So you know, I'm in number one truck, you know, all the things that you're worried about coming up first, you have the most views and the, and the, and the first exposure to any environment you're going into. Mm -hmm. The first contact that we got into, we got in a little bit of a dick dragger back and forth. And we ended up taking a few guys out on the hill. Uh, we got reporting back. We got a tens overhead. Well, when that ended, 
I looked down and there was only one round of the 50 casing that was laying in the, in the, uh, the turret, the, right. the rail. Of the turret. So I picked that thing up and I'm like, all right, well, that was my first real contact that I had. And as you guys know, when you're running the 50, you put a, a casing in as a safety, right? That's your safety. You throw that thing in there. I threw some 550 on that bad boy so that I had finger ready and I just pulled the 550 out and I could get to work. So that was the main thing that I was like, I had to have that shell with me, that whole deployment. I still have it. Mm-hmm. Do you really? So, That's awesome. Yeah, that was like the first real contact that I had. And that casing was like, all right, it's go time. That thing goes in, all my headspace and timings check. It was just like I was one with the M2. You know, the Ma Deuce was like, me, me and that thing were ready to go. And that was my trigger, you know. My trigger was, hey, if my finger's on this thing, I've escalated to think about what's next. So not so much superstition more than it was to kind of trigger my mind to think in a, in a, in a fighting manner. Well, I, I'm just going to interject right now. We, I, I'm saying Dom gives the best answers we've had to date, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> They're thorough and complete. Oh, like, let's just keep going. <laughs> <We're>, this <No. laughs> I, I never really thought about it like that until you just opened up a hatch in my head. You're right. Like, we turn superstitions into our, our, uh, our triggers. No doubt. I mean, we, we train them so hard. And, and when we're athletes, you know, you, you kind of have them. I got the lucky socks or the don't, don't run under the ladder. Terry Northcutt's smelly-ass brown holy T-shirt. <laughs> right, all, all of that. And, it, and as we, you know, we come in, just our regular guys coming in for, for the job. And then when you jock up, that takes you to a different level. Totally. Right? And then when you get around the boys, jocked up, different level. Getting the vehicles, man, that's not even the same dude that walked in the hut, right? You're, it gives us permission to completely change into whatever animals or whatever it is we're going to do. It's amazing. Nope. All right, fire away, bud. All right, bro, favorite superhero? Well, I'd have to be Iron Man because for me, it's the most realistic and obtainable uh, goal to be able to you know, get in a position where you can just throw something on, go do an op, and come home and sleep in my own bed at the end of the night. I, 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 I think they'll, know, have, they'll have an Iron Man suit by the time we're in our... They're anger. already developing, dude. Yeah, I, uh, so so here's all the, us old vets getting together. Like, we can still do this. We can still make this yeah, happen. Like, you that this. suit. We'll be throwing <laughs> each other up. Like, easy. I got this experience. We're, we were in the war from 2000-whatever to, to now. And, and then we go and just run one-man ops, two-man ops, for till we're like 70. <laughs> That's right. It's, hey, what's, it's the year is twenty twenty. No, yeah, twenty forty seven. And uh, it, we come in with an Iron Man suit. The lid lifts up on the face. It's all old and busted ass in there. Uh, we're good though. The body still works. We've been doing this since two thousand and one. We've been in combat for sixty years. Oh God, bless. Leave it to Dom to come up with that solution. I love it. All right, go wizard. Fire away. All right, since we're getting intelligent answers. We're going to ask intelligent questions. Will artificial intelligence result in a utopian era of human advancement or take all of our jobs, eventually become a real-world Skynet marching into a dystopian future and exterminating mankind? Will it? <laughs> no. I mean... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, his face is awesome, too. He's like, he's like, nah. <laughs> at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, nothing is going to replace human instinct and human processing you know it might be it might we might look at these things and kind of be like holy shit video of that guy swearing moving the box around you ever see that video yeah it's 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 like just look up swearing robot it's it's it'll it will definitely open your eyes to some of the shit that they do but you know i don't think that that we'll ever get to that point because we'll always have the ability to think 
instinctually and they'll always be missing that element. So yeah, technology scares the shit out of me from a standpoint of being people being fucking lazy, sitting on their couch, doing nothing (laughs) and, and just wasting away, you know, not getting outside, not engaging with their kids. I mean, it scares me in that. So we haven't even begun to see the effects, but will the artificial intelligence ever take over from who we are? No. God bless that answer. Oh. Thank God. Uh, you know, there, it's also why just, do you ask such just, I mean, that's like a pretty dark question, wizard. Come <laughs> on, man. You know, another thing is that it hadn't been used against us yet. You know, in a com. imagine if we had to fight somebody with the same experience line set and uh, technologies that we had. Oh, we, we have right. When, like we walk into the field, it's kind of the deals when we're on the field and a, and a good sniper starts opening up at us at distance. Like, you know, there's somebody behind the trigger. You're like, all right, there's a, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pay attention right now yeah, no i mean i think we think about that though right marcus yeah. like you know even going overseas or, or you know going after guys that have advanced tactics and advanced equipment because they're out there you know even the cartels are pretty advanced yeah, for yeah. what they're doing oh, and yeah. if you really think about it every time i suit up every time i was going overseas and we've got uavs we've got all these things that we're pulling in Every time I go through that situation, I'm always thinking that the guy that I'm going against has that and more. Yeah, you too. know, so we always have the mindset to be like the guy that I'm going against is always going to be better armed and try to outthink me. I think that's what's kept us sharp this whole time. But we we have a methodology at Dynamis. We'll train, equip, and engage right in that order. Will, your willingness to fight, your willingness to engage, your mindset is the base foundation of everything that you do. So if you layer those things, if you got a guy that has a fucking bulletproof mindset – and he goes against a guy that has all the best technology in the world, but a shitty mindset. You are going to crush that Done. guy because it doesn't matter. You're going to figure it out, right? And then, and then layering those as well. Mindset training. Go against the guy with equipment. Guy with equipment and training, but no mindset. You can interchange those combos all you want, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the guy that has the best mindset. And for us, think about how hardened we've become over the last. The years we've been in combat right now, I mean, for anybody to think they're going to bring technology and that's going to be a winning edge, I mean, we have so many reps in at this point. Mm. Every one of us would just throw our shit back on and go right back to work. Totally. You know? Oh, I I tell people that. That's my, like, hey, look, man, you can know our plays and what we're bringing into the room and everything like that. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's it's how we move together. Yep. And you're right. The whole time, every time I ever went out, man, I always thought the dudes we were going against were better than us. You have to imagine that. I- I never even, I never even thought of it any right? other way right now until we were talking about it. But I was like, I always thought, man, and for some reason, they were better than me. And huh. there, no one trains like we do. No, I mean, even in our mindset, the, the mental thing is what pushes us, really. Do that, the, the training is they can make it as hard as they freaking want, man. American men that come into that program like we're chasing, we'll find a way to get through it. Right, even if there's yeah. just a few of us, because it's a that's a real thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pull, it's a passion. When you get around those guys, that's that's the unstoppable force. But it doesn't matter how technical anything is if the the hardware, the chip running it, isn't dialed in just as hard, or if not harder than than what it is you're carrying in there, then it's it's not going to work. And I think the you're right, our complacency doesn't ever settle in because we're rotating those new guys who are so hungry underneath and then the older t- the, the more reps we get in there the more we realize how you know how de- how dynamic it can be but can always go wrong at the blink of an eye right so you just keep honing and honing keep and that, that edge sharp yeah it's right I, I never thought about it like that but i always was under the impression them guys are better than us and you know what marcus honestly uh, you know it better than a lot of people and at the end of the day you almost it's weird to say this and there's other ways you can verbalize and communicate it but you almost have to have the ability 
to lie to yourself. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Truth, right? The truth is I'm literally going up against guys that are way better than me. And that's why if you can convince yourself of that, especially as a team and work together, that's why we go there and absolutely dominate because we're not, there is no other reality for us. There only is that thought process because anything else will not put you in a position of an advantage. Oh yeah. And, And to beat us, you have to beat all of us. To beat us mentally, you got to get in our head and literally you have to eliminate every single one of us before we stop. So just because I take a hit and gone down, the main body is still strong. It'd be like us getting shot in the arm, right? And you just drag us. Like if you get hung up in the door, you know, we, we tell ourselves, go down. No guy wants to go down, right? I'm not going down. And fucking air. Get that lanyard. It's out of just that a flash wound. <laughs> but man, that's cool. I forgot about that. I'm fired up now. All right, all right hold on, hold on. Awesome. Right. Because we're getting into some amazing amazing stuff with you dom but so we so we gotta pivot and and you know our listeners are coming to this show to to get connected to guests such as yourself to help them launch with greater focus and commitment into their never quit moment and how to develop that what are the skill sets so before we get into the, the your expertise and 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 yeah, those gonna, deeper layers, it's going to be, gonna be sick. Show, it's, yeah, I just want to get to it. We're already cracked into the. W- would you please this. please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners? Yeah, well, I always go back to what Harry Bologna said, and, and I'd be surprised if you guys haven't heard this already, right? Yeah, Harry Bologna, he went over there. And, you know, he got fucked up and he came back and we know he's a mentally strong dude and he started going through his rehab. And one of his quotes that I'll never forget, I mean, it impacts me. I mean, guys, us, we, we impact each other. Yeah. And he said, I don't like saying never quit because you're acknowledging the fact that it's an option. And I love that attitude because, you know, for us, it really isn't an option, you know, and we've never given ourselves and it's like convincing ourselves of what's going on. I've had a lot of stories come through that, you know, we all have about forging through, making the tough decision, taking the hard path. But I would have to say the second that you said that about what's your hardest story that you've had to fight through and not quit. I've been in combat. I've been shot at. I've been blown up. I can go down the list and all those things sucked, you know, and we worked through them. And at the end of the day, we we got back and we high fived. But it was when I was back home and I was supposed to be overseas, you know, not, not with the guys that, that went down, but the hero that went down uh, and gold. And, and, gold. and at the end of the day, those were my guys. You know, I deployed with those guys before. They were some of my closest friends, my sparring partners, my shooting buddies. And, you know, I, I think if anybody can relate, it's, Marcus sitting behind the mic and, uh, you know, losing that many guys all at once and being back here, having to process exactly what happened and, and the impact that it had. Uh, it's, it's just a tremendous mind, um, fuck, you know, <laughs> about, about how do you, how do you work through this? Um, and then, the, and then the challenging thing for me it all kind of started, you know, I was driving in and, and I was like, you, you're just going through your head. Like, who was it? You know, right. who, who went down in the helo? And I got into work 
And I was one of the only guys from the whole team and the squadron that was home. Right. And I was taking care of my mother. She had cancer. So oh, I was right. back here taking care of her. Hmm. And I had gotten to where everybody was getting together. And, you know, we've gotten, unfortunately, unfortunately, really, really good at handling crisis situations, you know, but something like this into this magnitude has never really been seen before, Ever. you know, and with, within our community. Right. And I got in and it was just kind of, um, no emotion, you know, just, just kind of figuring out how to work through this. And I'll never forget when it all really started and the reality started to hit me when all the names were listed on the table about the guys that were involved. Wow. And everybody was moving like clockwork. Like, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? And I'm just sitting back like, these are my bros. Just like, what the fuck just happened? And one guy that didn't know me at all just looked right up at me. And he's like, hey, you know, I was hovering around the area because we were trying to figure out who was going to do the notifications. Right. And, And I was still trying to process what happened. And one guy that didn't know me looked right at me and he's like, hey, hey, uh, you know, whose name are you going to take? Whose name, whose name are you going to take to, to make sure that everything gets done properly? And I literally stared at him with a blank stare, looking at all these names of my brothers being like, I think this is probably the most difficult situation I've ever been in. Wow. And to, to have to choose, you know, it, it just kind of, it jacked me up and I, and I didn't really, Roger up right there at all because I'm like I don't even I don't even know how to process this decision um, and I kind of wanted somebody else to make the decision for me because it wasn't like I would put one guy over another and um, eventually you know I ended up picking one of the guys that seemed to make the most sense I kind of let everybody go in and do their thing and I just wanted to pick up where I could but it was a very numbing moment for me and that was kind of the start of a catalyst of something much bigger that I didn't quite understand until I got into. And when you're interacting at that level, um, personally with families, with, you know, again, I, you know, I'm sitting here talking and Marcus is, is right there. You know, it's for us, it, it's just one of those moments that you go through that you have a hard time explaining. Mm-hmm. And for, for me, that was the starting point of probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever did, had to deal with. And all the while, you know, my mom is dying of cancer and wow. essentially having to, to make the decision to say, look, the boys aren't here anymore. So I started packing my bags. I'm like, I'm fucking going overseas right now. I'm like, my shit's going to get together. I went right to my cage. I tried to help out as much as I could. I was involved with the notifications and I started packing my shit up and I'm like, I called the boys overseas and I said, Hey guys, I'm coming. Like, clearly, we need manpower over there. So, looked my mom in the eyes, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I didn't even have to say anything. She already knew. She knew. I started talking. She was just like, I totally understand. I get it. Like, you got to go. And I'm like, yes, I do. I love you very much. I'm going down to Virginia to pack my stuff, and I'll see you soon. So, once I packed my bags up, uh, there wasn't much of the deployment left. You know, I, I think there was probably about three, three to four weeks left for that deployment. And the boys were like, fucking A, we're fired up. We can't wait to get you over here. And once I made the decision and my bags were all packed, I, I picked my flight out. And then 
I got a phone call that my mother was passing away. So had to pack my bags back up to go back up north, spend some time with my mother, buried her, and then came back to Virginia and then continued the process of not being able to go over with such little time and being the point man on making sure that everybody's stuff got handled appropriately. So the logistics behind that and and the, the nightmare of picking and choosing and trying to prioritize my time over what got done. Um, I started to go to funeral after funeral, after funeral, after funeral. And it wasn't until I got to Arlington that I realized when I was staring at 13 guys that I knew really, really well that honor is not something that people understand. Hmm. Honor is not something that people fully embrace what it means to honor those that have gone before us. Hmm. And I realized that because even as much as I've been through and, you know, Red Wing, I mean, I knew Suh and Axelson. I mean, we went to Buds together, you know, and I've had those impacts again and again, and it hardens and forges you. But to be hit with that much at once and staring at all those at Arlington, and I stopped and I was like, I truly understand the meaning of honoring those that have gone before us. The impact that recognizing that all these guys have had on the earth and now they're not here anymore, who is it up to to carry on their legacy and to honor them, not only them, but everybody that's gone before us. And I was sitting there, I'll never forget it. You know, I took a picture of all the caskets lined up and I was like, it is my duty from here on out to the, to the day that I die to explain and try my best to tell, what, tell people what honor is. So through, that, through those struggles and through Arlington, I mean, as I, I could let this crush me right now. Absolutely. I could let this completely tear me down and put me into a big dark black hole that I'm never going to come out of. And I felt that again and again and again. And eventually I had to make the fucking choice. I had to make the choice to say, I'm going to let, you know, one of the most difficult things that I've ever been through eat me alive and, and drink myself to sleep every night and just let it tear me down. Or I can make the decision to use it for the better of us in the world, in our country, to, to live a life that the guys that I'm staring at and that we've lost would appreciate, would back up, would love, and would, would honor the fact that we're like, every day I wake up, it's got to be for these guys. And I made that choice. Mm-hmm. And once I made that choice, it was one of the most powerful things that I ever did. And it, it could have either been the black hole or where I'm at now. And every bit of the story it's it's really hard for me to tell, but every bit of this story is what has motivated me to wake up every single day. I have put my feet on the ground and I thank God to walk through this day again and honoring those guys through every movement I do, every workout, every time I'm on the range, every time I'm with my family, every time I take an action, I reflect and I'm like, "Is is what I'm doing right now okay with those guys that aren't here anymore would they be like fuck yeah dom you're doing the right thing you're trying to make the country a better place you're trying to live by values you're explaining what honor it is you're 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 reinvigorating respect to people around you uh the brotherhood the community is what i'm doing reflecting well on those guys and that was it that that was the choice i mean 
without going into too much more detail, that was the choice I had to make. That was my don't fucking quit moment where it was the worst it could be for me. And I had to make the decision left or right, good Hmm. or bad. And I picked to move forward one fucking step at a time. And I said, I'm going to do this. And and it's turned out to be the best thing I could. I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for the guys that were lost. And I always tell the family members, I always tell everybody that I engage with, I was like, they did not die in vain. And neither does anybody that has gone and served or lost their life or been in your life or, or that you've lost a family member. They did not die in vain. They died for you to recognize how valuable their life was and for you to use it for the better for you, for your family and for the future. And that's it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that one hit hit us. That was our first big one of the, uh, well, that was our first big hit of our generation and our war. So it, it, uh, it's funny when, we, when you hear, when you hear somebody talking about it, cause when you talk about it, I, I always think about it from, from the perspective of our teammates. Let's be real. I, in the, in, in still teams, I'm known for the loss, the loss we took. I mean, it's not the, the bin Laden raid or all the, all the other good stuff, tough. It's one of the, we've taken two hits, man, where everyone died. And, uh, I do the same thing. Uh, 19 promises. 19 promises. I've been getting time, man. At any moment, I need to carry myself like 19 men. And yeah, that's why I got back online and went back over. That's what they would want me to do, right? And I, I never ever look at it like I, I don't know why it is this way, but you know, we build a life off of a personal bond between a between men, you know, pack animals from the very beginning. Crawl through buds together, go through advanced training together, go into our SEAL teams together. Everything else changes around us. The clothes we wear, the cars we drive, everything else changes except for those guys. So when you take, you know, away from us, it's hard. I mean, it's a big hit. It it literally removed a a third of our life, right? Or some of us, all of our lives. The only guys I ever hung out with in the the military. But it's, it's their commitment to us and our commitment to them that will always keep that circle going, regardless if we're in or out. And man, I... I, I knew when I was in there was a couple of times I was, I, was I, I went through that whole, I'm an expendable asset. I get paid to take risks and die if necessary. And you know, you, that was a cool part about signing up and doing that. Right. And I got to tell you the most humbling thing in the world was, man, when I looked up and saw you guys coming to get me, I was just a great feeling, you know, came and got me. I was in hell right in the middle of it. And you guys came and, jerk me out of there and put me back online so i'm i mean i just kind of want to build i'm I'm forever in your debt i couldn't believe it but that's what family does how when i i could see the insurgents moving around and i was like man if you guys knew what was coming boy that kind of deal that was that was our first big hit and to watch our to watch the american people our generation covet our warriors the way they do and i mean it, it allows us to fight harder and longer I mean, let's be real. If we were getting spit on and kicked every time we came back from deployment, guys probably wouldn't stay in as long. That's not the case. Well, I, I, I think it's really interesting how you both frame out. You know, obviously I had some connections to both some guys that I had put through training that were, you know, a part of each one of Extortion 17 and Red Wings, obviously. But the, what, how I like the way you frame it, Dom, is this endless pursuit of honor. And and could you could you describe what honor is, how you define it, and and how our listeners somehow could begin to define it for themselves and be able to take it out and live with honor or to honor those people from their backgrounds? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, honor is threaded through everything that we do. And, and I do, I take time to redefine communicating it, understanding it. I think it's so uh, important threaded through our values and just living, you know, what do you honor? It start, that's where everything starts from. And I think we've lost that. So when I communicate honor, honor becomes a filter. Honor becomes a filter to understand is what I'm honoring is who I'm honoring going to be happy with, proud, um, agreeable to the actions that I'm taking on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. If I can't sit here and say to myself, man, you know, those bros that we lost overseas or the guys that have fought in World War II or any other war for that matter, or, or anybody that I add in my honor spectrum, would they approve of where I'm at and what I'm doing? Hmm. Did they die to allow me the freedom to make the decisions that I want to honor them in a way that's going to make this world a little bit better than I left it? And I think that it needs to be a filter. Are we living a life that those that have gone before us would be proud of? Would they be proud of the actions that we're taking every single day? I think, I think when you think of a methodology of creating your life plan, right? We, we're, we're at this level now. We're like, hey, how do we get an edge? Where can we dial in our life plan, our daily routines and our, our attitude and who we engage with? And for me, I put a very simple mantra together. You know, it was honor, purpose, goals, and plan. So the base foundation of everything that I decide to do throughout my day, year, rest of my life has to be built on the foundation of honor. If I can pick who I honor, all the guys that I fall with my entire career, God and my family is who I honor. So if I honor those three things, they set the foundation of me to figure out my purpose. If I can think that everything that I honor has created purpose through action, now I create my purpose, your mission statement through life, right? To, to empower people, to train, to equip people with the right attitude and mindset to make this, this country a better place, to make this world a better place, whatever my filter is, whatever your personal filter is, then you create your purpose out of your purpose, well, then you need to start getting off your ass and doing something about it. <laughs> and that's creating goals. You need obtainable goals. Nobody's more motivated than when they put something on the calendar, right? Like, oh shit, I got a Spartan race or I've got a marathon or I've got, you're like, I got to get my ass in shape. Like I got to move. So put goals on the calendar. Once your goals are set, then you need to come up with your plan. How are you going to attack this one day at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, to do consistent action to get to those goals. To me, honor is the catalyst to everything that you do in your life. And without it, I feel like you run around in circles. I, I obviously, all of us, we, we are, we believe in that wholeheartedly. It's woven into the fabric of our culture, the culture we live by, the culture we profess and what we're trying to, to do now and, and serving the greater good to help them understand that. How do you, how do you, for a person, let's say a, a young person coming out of college, brand new into the workforce, and they're, they're not sure what their purpose is, how do they, what can they, and, and they're not from a military family, they're not from a first responder family, they, you know, they're, they've been detached or wherever, how, where can they go, Dom, to start attaching themselves to something where they feel the ignition point for what that honor could or might be? 
No, that's a great question. And that's something I think we all try to figure out on a daily basis. If we look at our future, where does our future begin? With our kids, with younger kids that are looking for leadership, that are looking for guidance. And I think for younger kids, the bottom line is that they need to find a human mentor. They need to find human leadership to set an example for them to, to understand leadership and just watch somebody that takes the actions that they want to emulate, right? Not a, not a celebrity, not a freaking superstar, not somebody that's in a movie, real people that have been uh, integrated throughout history. And now find that person that you want as a mentor, start picking those values out to be like, look, you know, this is somebody that can give me some guidance on where, who I need to honor, you know, People's lifestyle and upbringing can really connect them to, hey, was anybody in my, in my family in the military? Was anybody, was my grandfather or great-grandfather? You know, where was my lineage? You know, how many people don't look at their lineage these days? They just like, oh, yep, I was, mm. I'm out. Okay, nine to five, work, good, iPhone check, TV series at home, and I'm good. That's my life. Like, look at your history. Look at your past. Really dig into, like, what's your family about? What were they about? How did they get to this country? Where are they in the world? You know, what's important to the people that have gone before me? Really dig into your history on where you came from. And maybe some people don't have the luxury of getting that, that uh, education or understand that they have a family. Some, some people don't have a family and have come from nothing. But everybody connects with something. It's really listening to what you want out of, out of your heart and for your life to say who matches what I really think is important, finding those people that are in existence or have existed and saying, that's who I want to start honoring and live a life more like. And then that's a great starting point to really educate yourself more on what is the, what is this encompassed by, you know, what are the dynamics of how they lived and what they lived for? I mean, it, it, we don't have to look too far back in our history to really get a great education on where we're going. I mean, that's just a fact. Right. So you know, the more we do that, the more, the more strength that we'll gain out of making good decisions in the future and adding honor to our lives. Uh, I, I love that mm. concept, right? Yeah, no, if you want to know what you're capable of, I mean, you just look down the family tree. Even if you aren't satisfied with the couple above you, man, you go back far enough. If you're here, somebody in your, in your family did something right, right? They're motivated in some kind of way to make it work. And it all, the genetic past, this is what Morgan's studying with the cognitive function and the genetic past down and the DNA traits. I mean, I am absolutely my father and my grandfather, right? The next evolution. My son's the next evolution of that. You track it back far enough. I mean, we doesn't matter what you call it. I mean, it's the attraction between those like-minded individuals from gravity. And then when you, you know, you got a family and it's called uh, love and through commitment with each other, the love forms. And then when we get into the military, we got to call it something else. Can't call it love. It's a little too soft, man. So it's called loyalty. And then my loyalty will read honor and honor is the love I have for the men who stand around me. It's, it's just one connection after the other, but it's, it's uh, it gives you a, a unique perspective on life because of the amount of death we have to see. And uh, good person. Yeah. Good it, point. It's like we always say, you can't, really know the good parts of your life unless you've had to live some of the bad parts of it and that's that's what it's all well, about I mean, I mean look at dom he's a perfect example you 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 know the tragedy of of extortion 17 which is uh, hands down the worst day in our unit's history since world war ii in, in yours in the singular case of your life's trajectory it it forced the decision to set you on this incredible path that you're on now. When you describe the whole concept of honor and you describe, you break it down into those four components, that foundation, those, those cornerstones of your purpose, 
Can you explain to our listeners how you created this and and how you've taken it and turned it into a program that that a person who's not a Navy SEAL, a person who's not a, a police officer, that that they can connect with it and utilize it as the the starting point for their development towards purpose. Yeah, well, when you connect us, you know, a lot of people are like, well, they're a Navy SEAL, so obviously right? they, they have those abilities. When, when people fail to realize, like, look, we're all human. We all start the same exact way. And at the end of the day, we just decided to show up, be a little bit more aggressive, be on time with the right gear, and, and we <laughs> wanted it, right? We didn't, we didn't let it – it's not like we're superhuman, right? No superhuman strength we think we do right i think mark has said like one of the curses was we think we can do anything right yeah. <laughs> i heard you say that on right. one of the podcasts you know and at the end of the day we're all human i think that's one of the most extreme things that we figure out throughout deployment and working with each other and going through selection and training we're like we're just fucking humans we just decided to try to do it better than anybody else that's it it's just a choice it really is insane when you learn that, right? You watch guys get blown up and then they crawl out and be like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, my leg's fine. It's just falling off, but I'll drag oh. it with me for a second. <laughs> like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You learn a lot about guys and what they're capable of. And I think what you realize is that, look, we're all human. We all start the same way. We all think very, very alike and the things that affect us as humans. So, when you start understanding the process of creating that foundation of what honor means to you and, and how you go, you know, attacking your plan, it's, it's not that we're, we're much different. It's just the choice that you make on a daily basis, right? Every day we have a choice. I think there's studies on it, right? You have five seconds. You have five seconds to make a decision. You either do it or you don't. I've trained myself at this point that if five seconds, the decision feels more uncomfortable, I'll just take the uncomfortable road. I stared at my pool the other day, I had ice on it. Hmm. And I even looked, I was sipping on my coffee in my nice warm house and I was sitting at my, my dinner <laughs> table and I, and I looked over and I saw the ice in the pool, a little hole in the middle of the pool. And I'm like, that looks like it sucks. It's like, do you want to go in it or not? And as soon as I knew that that was a more uncomfortable decision, I just decided to go to uncomfortable because it can only make me better. So I think I love that. You, you end up with a five second choice throughout your entire life. And it's the decision it. over and over again that are going to put you on the trajectory of the better version of you that are going to be the version that you want. You just need to make that decision in five seconds. No, that's great. We, that, that's a good point, man. It, it teaches us to recognize those, those split second moments. Like a lot of people don't even know when they're there at all, yeah. at all. Their, their space time continuum yeah. is not even processing in that speed. I think that's capacity. what gets us in trouble when we get older too, because we don't move like we used to, but we still have that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> So you can find a second totally. into the wrong direction, even though you know. Right? Well, I think mental acuity is is the greatest developmental skill we can have to really be able to, in those heightened emotional situations, make those clear, definitive, good decisions when there's fear, there's a threat, there's you know uh, uh, an emotional decision that's going to have consequence. Dom, can you share with our listeners how you you prepare people to how you you know develop that decision making tree, right? How you intensify their ability to manage stress, their stress inoculation capability, as well as you know making better decisions to better themselves. Yeah, I think 
I'm going to give up something a little bit here that I, that I do with a lot of my clients, a lot of people that I engage with. They might not know I do this to them. Maybe some have figured it out at this point because sometimes it's pretty obvious. But I'm always taking data on people. I'm always interrogating and I'm always interviewing you, right? We're always collecting uh, on people. <laughs> time and data tells us if it's going to be a good relationship. Every time I talk to you, every time we text, every interaction we have is just one more thing that I can use to understand who you are. I right? love it. And, and that filter gets created on, on really understanding how people think to begin with, right? We've all grown up a certain way. From the day you're born to right now, wherever you are, however you old you are, you've been given a certain skill set, a certain decision-making process, certain value system. So all those things have already been developed. So if I don't take the time to understand those, then I'm going to miss a whole bunch of stuff and try to shove stuff in your mind that might not fit where it belongs, right? Mm. And for me, it's really understanding who they are, how they think already to be able to enhance their capability. We always start with the will. We always start with the mindset, your willingness to engage. We train to take and save lives. That's what we do, right? We give you the right equipment to do so. We give you the right training to do so. and We give you the right mindset. So taking and saving lives is no joke, right? We don't like lives are on the line every day. If I give some people a skill, I have to make sure that, that what they retained is going to help them in a, in a realistic scenario when a threat pops up, wherever that may be, whatever, whatever shape the threat takes. At the end of the day, I've got to start with how they think by assessing them and then understanding how to apply what we know to be effective to what they already know. So then I got a baseline on you, right? It's like any good interrogation. You yep. got to get a baseline. Right. That's like that's like the violent minute that we did. Basically, <laughs> right. We, we, we work it out, we warm up, we get to know each other. You know where I look when you're when I answer a question. Right. Now I've got a baseline on that person to really start getting into the weeds of programming the way they think. So for me, that's the foundation. We can get, get into the details of training, uh, engagement, you know, decision making processes. But I've got to develop your mindset first. We always said and, and I think even Morgan is we went back and forth on this in buds, but one of the guys, one of the instructors used the example a long time ago. They're like, I'd rather a guy be way too aggressive, right? Drew, one of one of one of my bros that I went to buds with. You can always you can always pull a guy back if you need to, but it's really freaking hard to kick a guy in the ass and get him to be more aggressive or motivated. Totally. And for us when when life and death is online, I've got to make sure a guy can work through that. So understanding who he is what his fears are and what he's capable of is going to give me a really good idea of where I need to start programming the way he thinks. Um, I, I see daddy, man. First thing he said to me, I want you on the edge where the demons live. I'll pull you back when I think you've gone too far. Roger that. <laughs> it's like the, it's Absolutely. like, it's like the permanent switch, well, right? Um, and you always looking for those, those mentors and the teams that are going to unleash you, right? Um, that you can always just go with that tether fully taught, you know, just like, ah, yeah. That's one of the best parts about getting to this the age we're at now is when you're talking the younger generation coming up in the training part that we've been through. And you got to hand it to the American government for the way they pull us in and and let's just see what you're capable of. Why don't you just go over there and just jump in that cold water real fast and come back over and let me see what you think, right? <laughs> and at the beginning, it's the greatest thing in the world. What, Sandy? Yeah, I'm part of Buzz. And after about the 50th one, you're like, dude, this is freaking miserable. I hate every second of this. And you're like, what? You can't. It's too hard for you to jump in some cold water and get out? We figured out how to turn everything that was fun into not fun. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Jump out of a plane. Now it sucks. Let's go do land nav. Now it sucks. Like everything, we turned everything into something that was supposed to be cool into, uh, 
They're doing oh, training absolutely. exercises. <laughs> I tell people, I, I was like, hey, if you do anything for fun as a civilian, if you got to do it in the military, you'll never do it again for the rest of your life. I don't know, rock climbing. I don't know, Dude, it took me like five <laughs> years to go dive again, dive, and yeah, I live in South like, oh. Florida, bro. I live in South Florida, <laughs> the most beautiful water in the country. All right, all right. I, I want to just pause real quick before we turn into some some other ideas with you is to really to to dissect will will in my mind and i talk about it in in one of the the talks that i give out there about forging elite team culture is the ignition point right it's it's the will how do you help people recognize if the will is there in them so let's say the 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 housewife that's at home and she's got five kids and she's miserable right now and she doesn't she hates her life and how do you help her understand what she has in terms of that will and the willingness to jump into the hole in the middle of the pool to expand her growth dude i love it i love that question and like even thinking about it, like yes okay this is where I really get people to understand it's, it goes back to that five second decision that you have every day. Okay. You might not be a Navy SEAL. You might not be special operations. You might not be an Olympic athlete, but everybody has the ability to do whatever they put their mind to starting out as your base, right? We know that. Cause like Marcus said, we've had the ability to see guys fight through the most difficult problems in existence. Look, it starts with watching your daily decisions. If you're constantly making decisions that take the easier path and you have a habit of it, you have to say, look, open up your awareness right now. Stop. Say for the rest of the day, I'm going to be aware or after tomorrow when you wake up, whatever, pick a day and just be aware all day long of the decisions that you make. If you're constantly taking the easier route or avoiding the difficult conversation or avoiding doing something that's difficult, that's where you should really start paying attention and be concerned for yourself because you don't, you're not forging the will to take the most difficult route and make yourself better. Look, forging through adversity, there's no doubt we've all, we all know it. It's made us better. Every time we took a more difficult road, it has made us better. Mm -hmm. It sucks sometimes. It's difficult to do, but it will make you better and it will be worth it. So for the mom, for the the kids that are coming, they have to look at their daily decisions. Start small, right? Just like anything else. Analyze your ability to make good decisions that are going to improve who you are, right? Is this the heavy box or is this the light box when I have to put it into the truck? Do you go for the light box or do you say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to lead in all situations. I'm going to grab the heavy box and put that one in first. Do you go into the fridge and say, um, what do I want to eat? Do I want to eat the, uh, friggin' whatever it is, fried chicken that you had, (laughs) or are you going to get the, the roasted turkey slices and avocado? Like, you're constantly making decisions. They all add up and compound over time. And if you're routinely making the one that's not as good for you to be better, then you need to assess your ability to make better decisions and then start one decision at a time. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make one more difficult decision. Then I'm going to do two. Then I'm going to do three. Then all day long, I'm just going to make sure I always take the harder route. When I go to the gym, if I'm if I even think about it and I'm like, all right, should I do the workout with 10 burpees or 20 burpees? I'm like, damn it. I even thought about it. I got to go, do the one that has to set <laughs> If I, I even think it. about That's it, so and, it and it gets to the point of ridiculousness, you know, like 
you play mind games with yourself because now you're just competing against your own mind. And, and that's where we live, you know, at Dynamis and my guys and the instructors here, we're constantly challenging each other to be better. At the end of the day, to wrap this up and what I'm saying is that everything you do is adding up to who you will become. Every decision you make is adding up to who you will become in the future, in your near future, and your future self. So make the tough decisions that will pay off later. That is a good start to assessing where your will is. Where is your willingness to engage in a fight no matter what the circumstances are? And the last thing that I'll say is life is a fight regardless of what you're doing. And it's the moment that you really embrace and realize that, that everything else starts to make more sense to you. Amen. It's just don't think it's going to be easy because it's not. Life sucks. It's going to kick you when you're down. It's going to be shitty. And you have to recognize, like, look, we're all in a fight. We're all in it together. To the day we die, we're fighting something. And we just have to make that, that realization. And the second you do, things will start to make more sense to you. I love it. I think to add to that is it's, it's okay. Like people think setbacks or are, are, are setbacks it's actually just a new starting block, right? And I, I remember after, after, usually after one of my surgeries, I'm back braced up, and people talk about how I need to uh, join a gym, get in shape, and get a workout program. Well, if it's just kind of a if if you look at it as if it's something you're having to add into it, then people don't gravitate or assimilate to it real fast. Right. I mean, I get to a point where I couldn't even do one push-up. So on the way to get back, even in the back brace, I walk in first thing in the morning to the, into the bathroom and lean against the sink and do one push-up. That was my workout for the day. Didn't push myself any harder, any less. And, and point in fact, like if I walked out and, and say somebody, mom came over, there needed to be some boxes unloaded, I would always, you get to a point where you always go for the heavy box. Absolutely. That's what happens. I mean, you're like, oh, I'm going to take this heavy box when I'm this age. And eventually what happens, man, you get to the point to where I will always go after that heavy box to test myself. But if you get hurt and you set and you, you got a setback or a, a new starting block, keep the big box right over there in your, in your eye. Like, hey, I'll be lifting you eventually. But right now I'm a, I got to take it one push up against the sink. And I would do that for months until I could do two. And right. then it didn't matter. I wasn't in any hurry because life is extended, right? I, if you're looking like I need to get in shape in this short amount of time, well, that's it's easy to fail doing that, right? But if it's just one constant, and that's what it is for us, man. We from what they did to us from the time we went into SEAL training, man, it's just a part of our lives to get back to that heavy box, man. That's my that's my job. I carry the damn heavy <laughs> box. You know what I mean? So I got, <laughs> and you know, you know what the thing is too is that. When you're around a bunch of pipe hitters that have made good decision after good decision, you start competing for the heavy box. Yeah. And yeah. you all are like, if I'm not the guy picking up the heavy box, I'm the asshole, right? Yeah. And <laughs> that's a great environment to be in. That's how you get better. But when you're when you're talking about, look, I might not be ready for that, like injury and guys that have been rehabbing, and like there is no mistaking the fact that we've got to stay healthy, we've got to stay injury free, we've got to know our limits, we've got to be smart about the way we get back into training. And that's what usually with us, right? We have to have people tell us like, oh, yeah. no, don't do that. Dom, exactly. Up. And that's great to have. And at the end of the day, you have to be smart about how you come back to things. The thing that where people get in trouble is that they lie to themselves and use it as an excuse. I've seen people back, like, well, I'm injured. So I, I can't, I can't do that. Or I can't move around. And, you know, doctors are lying to people, shoving them full of pills and being like, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z know your limits, right? Know your limitations, know your capability and, and listen to the doctor or, or whatever program that you're on, but don't lie to yourself. If you can do it 
and I, we've probably all done it in one situation or another where you could have done something, but you used the easy route. You right. stayed home or you used an injury as an excuse. Don't, that's another one of those decisions. And you have to take the accountability to be like, today, I'm going to fucking own up and I'm going to be like, I'm, I'm injured, but I can do that movement. I know I can. I think that's another great point about how we always we, we surrounded ourselves with those light-minded great i'm glad are, are, you're bringing this up you know, so it is still, i keep going back to the heavy box it, it's kind of twofold because then you'll have your 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 buddies there like hey i got the heavy box this time but take a break you need to rest you know what i'm talking about they'll literally tell you that hey you're injured quit messing around we need you back on the line and i i think with us it's it's the guys especially if they're looking at those of us who are hurt they're looking to see if i was gonna try and lift the heavy box you know if it's still there and then, then they cultivate it from, they're like, okay, obviously he's he's physically hurt. Let's see what's going on mentally. What box is it going for? You know what I'm talking about? It, it, it breaks it down. It's the team life of, mentality. Right. You're bringing up the best point possible. And we always do this, in particular with guys from our community, Dom. How critical is it to surround yourself with the right team? With those two combos, with the decisions that we make and the people we surround ourselves with, have a huge influence on exactly what decisions we decide to make. And no shit. <laughs> I always try to surround myself with people that are better than me at something. And they all are, right? I can pick anybody. I can pick a guy that has a job working nine to five as a janitor at a school. And that's where humility comes in and being humble. Because you know what? That guy can teach me something, yes. right? Yes. And at the end of the day, when you have your goal, when you pick your honor and you find out your purpose and you pick your goals, when I pick my goals, guess what? The people that are surrounding surrounding me and who I choose to hang out with, they better match those goals because guess what? If they don't, they are going to be an anchor, they're going to be a chain on your leg, they're going to slow you down. And it's not anything against them. You know, There's people that I love in my life and I, and I wish, I wish and I pray that they could spend more time with me and I could spend more time with them. But at the end of the day, if I've got something that's going to be more impactful for everybody around me for the positive, I've got to pick and choose who I decide to spend my time with. The most valuable resource that you have is your time. Mm. They've got to align with your goals. So it's a great point. And that goes back to what Marcus was saying is, is it's those little fine, finite details, right? You're surrounded by a bunch of guys that want the heavy box. And it's like, we, we all play games with each other. Like who's going to get it or who's not going to get it. And where's the packing? order and and then you really see a progression on that level of engagement and uh, just helping each other out and servitude within your brotherhood and the people that are at your left and right dude that's epic right there that's epic but it's our motivation to stay as sharp as we possibly can Absolutely. i don't think being the best man because what you're only best for a moment well the humility of the 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 the, yeah. the people around us man that's man, the driving see force. that right just to, drive, to be damn. next to a guy that's so awesome so squared away knowing he's better than you but this the drive to earn his respect to show that hey i'm gonna at least try and get within within close to you so you know that i respect you you know hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The leadership comes from your left and right, right? Those are the guys that push you the most. And I've said that over and over again. It's like the guy that's literally going to go and says, you know what? I'm willing to die right with you. That's, that's leadership. Those actions that we show each other on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, this is, uh, Dom, we, we could go on for, for years with you, brother. And, and I'm hoping and praying that, you know, maybe in like six, seven months, you're going to come back on. But before we end, 
because uh, you, you, I just don't even know to start with you. You just got so much, so many layers to you. Um, could you just share something that you believe can help people make that first decision? What, what is whether it's that the uh, the the honorable thought, the honorable person, a, a, a moment in time for them? What is it that people can anchor themselves to in a positive way to ignite? That that first step towards this mindset and the development of what you're talking about. Well, aside me being aside from me being able to like sit down with 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 an individual and get to know them, you know, they need to understand themselves. They need to they need to look who they, who they are, right, and really assess like what's your personality and character and your mindset already. What base do you have to start with? You know, I've always been. Uh, a faithful Christian. And since getting out of the military, I've really reconnected with what faith means to me. Amen. You know, love those posts, by the way, I don't mean to cut you off. Love those posts, brother. Uh, Hey, you know what? You realize that when we, when we talk about honor and history and everything that's happened, I mean, if you really understood history and where we came from and where we're going, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So people that are running away from faith and not putting God first, you know, I, I feel bad for them and there's not really much I can do other than just pray. But faith is something that set an amazing foundation for me, made me a better family man, made me a better brother, made me a better leader, made me a better uh, communicator. There's so many things that I can thank God for to, to making me re-realize that. So it's understanding who you are and really challenging yourself on faith and saying, Am I putting that first and is that something that's important to me or something that I should even explore? I think beyond that, and that being the number one thing that I would tell anybody, is that pay attention to why you're making the decisions you're making. That goes to knowing who you are and what your purpose is. And if you don't have a purpose, and I hear a lot of people say, I don't know what my purpose is. Stop everything that you're doing and figure it out. Amen. Figure out what you honor. Pay attention to it. Make that your number one thing right now. Stop everything unless it's an extreme priority and figure out what your purpose is. I love it. God bless you for saying that, Dom. Mm. God bless you, man. Dude, you Amen, are brother. you you have man, listen, our our listeners are so they're so lucky to be able to, you know, have guests. We're lucky, us right here. Your brothers are lucky to have you come on and share in the depth that that you have. We feel so blessed that you're out there representing, you know, our brotherhood, but also the way you represent yourself and Dynamis. How can our listeners find you, follow you, pay attention, and learn from you? Where can they go, bro? Thanks, brother. Well, first of all, like, you know, to talk to you guys, it, it was an easy decision for me. You know, I, was just, I just had to carve the time out. But, like, I love this because the dynamic helps strengthen each other. And I think this has been awesome. I, I really do look forward to doing it again. You guys are doing some amazing work. There's no doubt that we all recognize the lack in leadership in this country. Amen. And we all are getting messages from kids. And, you know, you inspired me to do the right thing. You inspired me to make that better five-second decision. So for, for us, we need to keep that work up shoulder to shoulder because we are making a difference. And it's awesome to be on. I'm, I'm honored to be on with you guys. And, you know, I, I think that what you guys are doing is awesome. Um, Thanks, brother. If people Thanks, want to follow us, you know, it's never about me. It's about the team. It's about our country. It's about our mission. 
you know, Dynamis is doing some amazing things with training and gear and changing the way people are thinking about attacking things. CrushEverything.com is the easiest place to start. And then beyond that, you know, we have Instagram pages, uh, Dom Rosso Instagram and Dynamis Alliance. You guys can find out a lot about what we're doing. And uh, it's an honor to be on, guys. Thank you so much. You know, God bless and keep up the great work. Thanks, brother. God bless you, man. Take care. Brother, dude, does that, that dude knows some shit, man. No shit. And what, what got me so heavily is, and I'll tell you, I did not expect he was going to talk about Extortion 17 whatsoever, all right? Mm-mm. I mean, just not even close. But when he talked about that, that that hit me hard. I know, you know, hit you guys probably as well. But what I love is he took this tragedy and has turned it into this place of servitude that's so powerful, though. It's so well thought out. That's so dialed in. It was all very packaged well, wasn't it? Like, uh, you know, if, if you listen to that, it has key points, and they all kind of flow around each other. The purpose, the accountability, Goals, the, who you surround will. yourself with, and that establishing those, you know, those four, that honor, purpose, goals, and plan. I know it's real. Right? That's, that's, how, that's what that means. It, it was like an IG. Literally, like, like I felt like I was going through a class back in the teams, right? That it was that squared away. That's what I mean. It yeah. was very well defined and uh, such a great interview. Yeah, dang. I remember when, that, when the roster came out on extortion. I mean, it, it, that, that kind of hit wherever you were when you got the news on how that went down. Because it wasn't in one fell swoop. You know what I'm talking about? It yeah. was multiple phone calls. Yeah. You're going through a, a change mentally. Just each one. The, each one of them over the phone. Each one. Because of how many there were. Oh, bro. Dude, and, and the other thing about it, too, which a lot of people kind of disassociate, I think, is we were coming off that massive high of red, of uh, right. of killing bin Laden. Right? I mean, that was this huge, huge, where I was in particular place in the world where when I was working, man, it was heavy. Like, it was, and then all of a sudden, this happens. And man, we got knocked right back down to it. And I just think it's it's such a it's such a, a juxtaposition of emotions, in particular within our community, mm-hmm. but in in special operations as a whole, in the country as a whole, to be going from the the most significant event in in modern one of the most significant military actions in modern history, right to one of the most mm-hmm. destructive, at least for, especially for us. I mean, at least in a, modern history, yeah. as far as the U.S. military is concerned. Yes. You know. So that's heavy. Yeah, that's our biggest hit. That's, you can say that. There's nothing wrong with saying that one, man. Plus, you can look at it from multiple perspectives. It lets you know, even though the Bin Laden thing went down, man, we're still out there working. Totally. I love that you make still that point. To get on that plane, on that bird, no matter what, stack it deep, right, and go in and help somebody. Life or limb. Period. I was talking to some young frogs. and You hear these stories about extortion and Red Wing and Anaconda. If you're sitting in the audience going, man, that's terrible. I feel bad for them guys. That's one kind of frog. But if you're out there going, man, I wish I was there. Totally. I wish I was on board. I wish I was in there even though I, even though you know you're going to die. Yep. That's that, that mentality. Like if, you, if you're chewing on that one, you're in the right spot. Oh, bro. I- that, that's, that, that is at the core element of like the biggest 
or at least the first point that he made in making that decision. Yes. You can go right or left, he said, correct? And yes. he decided to go, well, Heavy right. And that you use that as something to elevate your life, to raise it. It gives you purpose. And which I heard there's a lot of accountability in that, really. Oh, good point. It's accountability. Good point, brother. You know, in in what's going to force me to make my daily decisions in life and you sort of contrast that you reflected against that accountability in his case, you know, extortion 17 and, and those. Oh, guys. It, it, it hits us from our living and our dead. I mean, when I got back, I, I, I had <laughs> oh, to go back yeah, absolutely it does. to prove myself to y'all. Yeah. That was an, it was an embarrassment kind of deal. I had to do that. Right. That was the only thing that mattered was just to make sure that you got, that i Prude myself back into the into the into the bunch. It, it's funny, man. After I'll 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 be out and I'll talk, you know, and I open up the Q and A. Inevitably, everybody's always like, "What's Marcus really like?" You know, and and I say, "You want to know who Marcus is? Marcus you is a tell guy." Don't out here, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you want to know who? <laughs> you want to know who Marcus is? Marcus is a guy who went through one of the biggest tragedies, losses in our unit. But then Roger, right back up, got on the front line, went to the battle of Ramadi. That's who the man is. And that's the culture of the teams. And I think what Dom is out there really trying to teach people is how to develop their own similar, similar culture. Initially, right, within themselves to pick up the heavy box, to make the hard decision, to be uncomfortable to set those goals that make you better incrementally day in and day out, but then also, right, how to take that culture and share it with the other people around and mm -hmm. around you that you're choosing, that are coming into your tribe, that you want to help cultivate this new cultural focus, right, this new commitment level. And I think that's where people struggle. Now, I, I hear all the time, you know, there just well, aren't that many about people. Another thing about our world, I mean, to cut you off, no, no, is please. That, that we've created a world to where our existence kind of rotates off of how far we can push ourselves with each other. And if you get into a spot where a you happen point. to be by yourself, you better pull your damn weight. Uh, yeah, they expect, we expect that. Totally. Even when we're not looking. Right? Yeah. And, and that goes, I, I loved when you laughed when he was talking about the burpees, wizard. When, you know, you look at the workout. Oh, that was I, definitely one of those, when somebody <laughs> says something that just has an immediate impact on things that actually transpire in your own brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been with you. Like, that was the pain, oh, yeah. pain receptors and the mental thing. Like, yeah, hell yeah. No, I've been with my mug on a workout when he's like, when we're talking it out, hey, do you want to do this many or this many? And just because he said the higher number, guess what we're doing? Uh -huh. Wizard, we're doing the higher number. <laughs> but he's absolutely right because once you develop that kind of mindset where you're always pushing the next level well it entered my brain so now i if i'm not going to do it i got to justify a reason why not and immediately mm. that's I'm the quitting. wrong answer i'm quitting you're that's, wrong no matter what that's how we get hurt totally that's how we get that, hurt you know where i get <laughs> hurt actually, the most in that is rolling dude uh, yep it's totally oh no i can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with this blue belt just because they're... Oh, that's how I was <laughs> up in the hospital last time. Purple belt. Turn me inside out. Totally, dude. And they're like half your size, half your weight. 17. Right? <laughs> oh, wait. oh, man. Wait, let's let's bring it back, though, to how the... What, you know, 
things that the listener can take away, and which I thought was really good, was his whole my five second decision. <laughs> I know, right? You're making I, is that going to be possible? And in the, after five seconds, you're going to be able to clean that up. You don't have an answer. Default to the uncomfortable decision. I love it's that. Only going to make you stronger. I thought that. Like, was did cool. we did, did we team guy Perry. this whole show so bad that no one will be able to take anything from it besides a team guy? That's no, kind of, that's, no, no, no. <laughs> that's where I'm trying to, to go right now is is bring it back to you know. The that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, how, how, what was the point that stood out to you, Marcus, that he was talking about? I mean, like all of us, I guess I got stuck on that heavy box. I never thought about it like that, but it's even mm-hmm. when you're hurt, right? In your mind, you're like, I, I, I'm getting back to that heavy box kind of deal. And when we run outside, it's the ultimate. I mean, we. No matter who's here, even if it's a bunch of te- – we're all – how many pieces of wood do you have in his arm? He had nine, he got ten over here. You know? Yeah, that totally, dude, that competitive drive. But – and this is, I guess, when you when you get hurt in the community, you see it, man, is how a pack of wolves will take care of one of their own. Like, you, you're not grabbing a heavy box, dumbass, you're hurt. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? Totally. Go over there and sweep something. You know, it's kind of what it is. That's really true. Yeah, oh, absolutely, that's of course. True. And then the younger guys are always trying to prove themselves anyway. So there is an out, like I said, in the in the middle of that. But ultimately, the, the whole thing is to get back online. For sure. That's why they keep us around. Yeah, except the new guys, half the time you're trying to break them. Yeah, cool. Because yeah, no, <laughs> it's sure. funny. Because right. it is, watching yeah, them a, mentally. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that, as an instructor, that was really how I determined, right, was by those little, it's not so much in the middle of the IAD, because if someone's just that soup sandwich in an IAD where they're not picking up, they're not following, they're not evolving, that takes care of itself. It's mm-hmm. in the pack, right, to prepare for the range. Who's the kid that's over there yeah. on his own kit, not doing it, and all the other dudes that are racing to put the boxes on truck, racing to get the target material, the racing to, and coming back to me like Instructor Rut, you know, is there anything else that we can do to get ready for this? And, oh, yeah, and but that's that really other dude, the, that's The difference not. between guys who make it and become SEALs and, and who don't, right? And the guys who kind of stick around and do the extra heavy that's what you're looking for, right? Because all that stuff can be, it can be cultivated. We can teach you how to shoot, swim, and run, man. But I can't teach you to want to go over there and be the one that has to lift the heavy one or the no. or, or stick around late. You know what I'm talking about? And it's <laughs> man, it gets to a point to where I don't give a damn what I have to do, just, uh, just as long as I get to hang out with, with those dudes, right? Uh, the guys who matter. who have that. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. I, if that's what we got to do, that that's fine. Let's do it. And I love the way Dom was breaking it back down from. That's your heritage. It's your lineage. It's who you are. It's where you grew up. It's how you mm. learn, how you, what you come from, and how critical it is for that as a spark for this honor, right? You can derive honor from your past. Maybe you're, if your parents, your immediate parents weren't that squared away or your uncle or whatever, but there's someone in your family that's a part of who you are, where they're from in the world or whatever, that you can derive uh, 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 the essence of honor from to ignite making those good five second decisions. But you know what you could be good at too. Mm-hmm. Totally, and you could be great at something and spend your whole life doing it. And you find out something about one of your relatives in the past, what they were great at, and lo and behold, look out, man! You whole new world, whole new world. Well, I want to I want to throw one more thing in there that in, from the beginning I thought was really cool. And when he was talking about that fifty casing that he took to, uh, uh, took away from his first tick. And I don't know if he actually said this, but the saying, you know, 50 always checking the headspace and timing is how it works. But he kept that casing and then he uses it when he puts it in his pocket to basically check his own headspace 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 and and timing. timing. Genius. 
Check your headspace and timing. Always. Well, always. Listen, if if this is your first show, if you're a first-time listener to the Team Never Quit podcast, you have just been served pearls of wisdom. You've been served information from Dom that will save your life in so many different facets. And we didn't even get in to the top of the type of stuff that he teaches in terms of defense and blade work and gun work and all the threat analysis and threat assessment and what he does at Dynamis with his training. We didn't even do that. If you want to you want to know more about that, please go check out his videos on YouTube. Go to his website at crusheverything.com. Follow him and on Instagram at Dom Rosso. He puts out a constant stream of really great content. He's also a major contributor for the NRA. He does a bunch of work out there with them in, pr- in protecting Second Amendment rights, as well as just incredible training ideas and concepts and what you need to think about for home protection, self-protection, awareness, all this. Um, and then again, you know, my favorite it is, is his faith. He, he's not afraid to show that. I think that shows tremendous courage in, in the modern day. Um, if you're a repeat listener, thank you so much. I know this show particularly hit home for you this is why you come is to hear men of this type of caliber and wisdom share with us and and allow us to connect on a deeper cultural level from the brotherhood uh we appreciate everything about you please go to tnqpodcast.com if you have a great never quit story please write in share it we're developing this great Great community of stories that people can pull strength from within Team Never Quit. Uh, We'd love to have yours. If it's excellent, we could possibly read it on the air. If it's fantastic and it really hits us, Marcus. Coming on. We'll bring you on. Um, We are going to end this show um, in in a way which we we don't often do, but when we do, it's the right right thing to really – uh, show honor to the the men of extortion 17 and respect and respect for them as well thank you wizard um so I, i'm gonna give my thanks marcus is gonna give his thanks and then the wizard is gonna read the names off of of, of our brothers who died on extortion 17 so first off i want to thank um all those men that gave it all that day for us and for our community for for america and for our unit uh, I want to thank Dom for his continued servitude to this great nation. I want to thank uh, our listeners. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my children. I want to thank all my brothers and the teams that have, have paid the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, I honor you every day as best as I can. Um, I want to thank you too for doing this show with me, for helping us continue to serve the greater good to deliver important, critical, positive content to help people in their greatest fight and the never-quit mindset. Uh, And most importantly, I want to thank God and Christ for your influence on me and my life. Yeah, thanks, Don, for coming on, man. It's always a good time when we get one of our own on here. And to everybody else who keeps bringing us back and and allowing us to do this, man, I I really I can't thank you enough. He he said something earlier about knowing yourself. You hear it in the Bible too. And then uh, I remember Sung Su, man, always preaching about him. He's like, know yourself, know your enemy. In a thousand battles, you never lose. You'll never know defeat. I think is the way it goes. But anyways, 
that kind of is the the key, man. In the beginning, right now, this is your first time, and if you're just kind of listening to us, or if you if you qualified for Team Never Quit, which means you have to have an awful day, or you got to be down in the in the trenches, man. And we're here to bring you back up. But in the beginning, from the start, man, just start with knowing yourself. As a matter of fact, stand in front of the mirror and talk out loud to yourself about what you are and what you possess. And once you get a good understanding of that, everything else will fall into place, man. So. That, that was the one thing that all you guys did for me, man, especially coming back and getting me and, and letting me prove myself worthy just to, to walk among you, man. It was one of the greatest uh, events in my life, so thank you for that. All right, on August 6th of 2011, we lost 31 brave Americans when their uh, 47 was shot down, Bordak Province, Afghanistan. So we're going to read their names here out of respect. Sergeant Alexander Burnett, Specialist Spencer Duncan, Chief Warrant Officer Brian Nichols, Chief Warrant Officer David Carter, Staff Sergeant Patrick Hamburger, Sergeant John Brown, Sergeant Andrew Harville, and Sergeant Daniel Zerby. Petty Officer First Class Derek Benson, Chief Brian Bill, Petty Officer First Class Christopher Campbell, Petty Officer First Class Jared Day, Petty Officer First Class John Duangdara, Chief John Foss, Chief Kevin Houston, Lieutenant Commander Jonas Kelsall, Master Chief Louis Langlis, Chief Matthew Mason, Chief Stephen Mills, Chief Nichols Null, Petty Officer First Class Jesse Pittman, Senior Chief Thomas Bratzloff, Chief Robert Reeves, Chief Heath Robinson, Petty Officer Second Class Nichols Spear, Petty Officer First Class Michael Strange, Petty Officer First Class John Tumbleson, Petty Officer First Class Aaron Vaughn, Senior Chief Craig Vickers, and Petty Officer First Class Jason Workman.